Today's video is going to be really good. We're going to talk about marriage and being married to a non-believer. So I hope they're ready for this. Five, four, three, two, two one. one. Good. One half green, one half blue. Morning. Good morning, guys. I matched the aquarium. Oh, that is so cool. Right? Yeah. Some green, some blue. We're matching. We're matching. I'm bald. You're not. You have a black thing. I have a black shirt. You have a nose. I have a nose. I have two eyes. You have two eyes. You have earrings. I don't. Cool. <laughs> you know what? You know what else we got? What? You got Jesus. I got Jesus. Oh, that's right. I do. Guys, it is Sunday night for us. Monday morning for you guys. We just got home, had a beautiful service today. Um, I was encouraged because a lot of people came, you know, and we a lot. Some people were sick. Some were playing hooky. Some were <laughs> for whatever reason. But it was guys. You have no idea how much it encourages both of us to see you guys' face. Those of you that show up, not only in person. But online, it was um, <clears throat> at one point. I think it was 117 people watching that are subscribers. Oh, nice! You know, and um, that that is so encouraging, guys, because it lets us know, like, Lord, are we doing things right? You know, mm -hmm. and and that is really truly encouraging for us. Yeah, it was very. You were just sharing with me how you know you were weren't really up to it and whatnot, and but once you started worshiping. I was, I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> I was tired. I had a splinter in my hand. I was like, this thing was just bugging me. And I was like, just, you know, um, it's been a long week, guys. All of last week was a long week. And um, yesterday, um, you know, I got a splinter in my hand and I was just like, oh, but I don't know. I told him that um, I was just literally just telling him, I said, you know, babe, when I got up there and I just began to worship, like my whole countenance, everything just changed. And it just felt so good to just worship the Lord. And I just, it didn't even matter. It, it just felt so good to just worship. And and it was just, um, it was just so beautiful because um, I'm going to share something with you guys. Okay. Because I, I worshiped with, um, with beautiful Naomi today. And there was one of the songs that I, like, I didn't not even practice because, um, you know, um, she was leading the last song and I was like, well, that's the song she's going to do. So, you know, I didn't even really, You're just back her up. I was just going to back her up because I didn't <laughs> even practice it. Um, because I don't have a, 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 a a high voice at all um she has more of a soprano voice i don't um i could but i don't you know i choose not to really use it that much and i said i'm just gonna let her do it i didn't even really practice it or learn it or anything and i even told david yesterday i said i'm not gonna worry about that one too much because she's gonna go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and let her lead it um and um when we when we when we were doing it today <laughs> Um, the Lord has a, such a beautiful sense of humor um, because, you know, she began it 
and the Lord just began to break her. And, um, and I, and I stepped in and I, and I had, I was kind of forced to have to lead it. And I'm like, oh man, I was like praying like inside. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I had to step in and everything, but man, you know, the Lord had his way, um, because I began to see what a beautiful, I, I love it though, because I began to see her heart yeah. and, and what the Lord was doing in her heart. And, and it was, it was really funny because at the end, when we were done with church and everything, she just kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I told her and I said, I don't think you realize, um, how beautiful that was though, because, you know, I've been doing worship for a long time, guys. And, um, I think it's it's so much more beautiful when you see somebody be broken before the Lord um because when you when people don't break or anything is when you know is is when I I I told her I said listen it's when somebody doesn't and and they're filled with pride or something is when you see um that they're not broken you know it's yeah. because you know, it's when it doesn't affect them is that you kind of realize that is that when when it doesn't move them is when you have to worry. And that to me is when you really realize that they really, truly, truly, truly have a heart of worship. And I loved every moment of it. I love the fact that she was moved by it and all of that. Um, I think it's beautiful. Oh yeah. I really do. I really think <clears throat> that it's beautiful. So I had to learn the song really, really quick. Um, <laughs> but um, praise God for that. I always praise the, praise the Lord when, when um, people are moved by, by worship. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I think that's beautiful. I would rather have somebody up there that can't worship and because they're so broken than somebody yeah. than somebody proud and just flaunting their talent. And it, re it reminds me back in the Old Testament when when the glory of God came upon the temple and the musicians were playing and the singers were singing, but the glory of God came so strong that the worshipers couldn't worship and the the musicians couldn't play anymore. Yeah. You know, so I, she shouldn't feel bad. I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful too. Yeah, yeah I loved it. I really, really. I told David. Um, I, I told David. I, you know, she, she was broken because the Lord was break broke her, and I told him that I almost started crying because I didn't know the song. <laughs> he almost had both of us yeah. crying up there because you know, I said, but I gotta had to keep myself together. I'm like, oh my gosh, but uh, praise God, you know, we um. The Lord has such a beautiful sense of humor. I love our Papa because of that, because he 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 really does, guys. Amen. He's such such a strategic God, and he he yeah. he can be a funny God as well. You know, he likes to crack jokes sometimes too. Amen. You know, just like he, you know, I got the splinter in me, and I was telling him, I'm like, but he had me up there. You know, um, he had me up there in a just had me enjoying and um and he had me uh just you know praising and worshiping him in in the midst of things you know and i love that amen yeah yeah so you know um if you weren't able to watch the service 
Um, you know, I, I believe, you know, just reading the comments and some of the commentary I got back after the service from the people that attended, that the sermon really blessed them, that it helped them to reflect. And I, I like to bring the biblical stories, the Old Testament, bring them to life. And then, so people can reflect on their own life, yeah. you know, and um, if this is, this this sermon, if you were able to watch it, if you haven't watched it yet, you know, share it with somebody, because this this could relate to a lot of people, because there's so many people with with dysfunction, and, and how that happens, and why that happens, and, you know, and I think it gives a good, clear perspective of it, you know, so hopefully you were able to watch it, and, uh, or you, you will watch it today, because it'll be on the channel you know usually when we do a sunday service they don't show up on the channel till the next morning or real late at night yeah but by the time people are watching this i'm pretty sure the sermon is already up so <clears throat> with that being said guys we did um we said that if anybody had a question you can email us with your question yeah at relevant bible talk at gmail.com relevant bible talk at gmail.com i'll say the the email at the end of the this video, but um, we did want to get into this question. It's a really good question. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, I'm surprised more people haven't asked this question. And um, you want to go ahead and read it? Yeah. And, you know, we're not always going to be able to get to all of them, guys, yeah. but, we'll, but we will sometimes um, be able to choose some. Yeah. Because of, I, I don't want to say who wrote it because I don't want to bring problems <laughs> to anybody because because what if this person is in this situation I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and... Um, Leave it you know, anonymous. You know who you are, um, but we're going to go ahead and, and um, ask this question. Hello, Pastor David and, uh, and Sharon. I have a question. I hope you can answer. How can I keep moving forward in the path of God when your wife does not support your walk? That is my question. Thank you. This is a question, like I said, how do I... Go forward in my walk. <coughs> and he says, my wife. But you could also flip it. It could be my husband. Mm -hmm. There are some of you that are serving God, but your other half does not support that. You know, and, and this happens. This happens. First of all, if we were a believer before we were married, then that's why the Bible says not to be um, yoked to... How does it say? <laughs> My mind went blank. Um, not to be unequally, unequally yoked, yoked, but a lot of people come to the Lord when they're already married. They're already married. They already have a family. Yeah. You know, um, for the sake of this question, I, I do want David to share um, his previous, his previous um, experience because I really, really do think that it's important, you know, um, to share that, you know, because I, you know, we're adults here, guys, we're, we're adults. And I think that, you know, we've, we have, we have passed and, and it's, and I think it's important that, um, because through our past, you know, we're able to look, live in our future and learn, learn from our past. Um, to not ever repeat things in, in, you know, in our present or in our future and stuff. And I think it's important because we learn from it. And, and that's one thing that I think that we ourselves um, have been able to learn from. And 
you know, we don't have a problem ever talking about things in our past or, you know, or, and, and it's not like something that we dwell in either because we don't, we never really see ourselves having to dwell in things or having to constantly bring them up or anything like that. But when it's in situations like this, I really, um, I do really think that it is important to, you know, to, to, to bring something like this up, you know, yeah. because, um, because we're using it as a tool to be able to, to teach others. And I think it is important, but, um, I, I, I would really like for you to, mm. to, to share it for this um, purpose. I'll, I'll keep it in summary. I, I am going to get to a Bible passage that talks about it, but mm -hmm. I think it makes more sense if I talk about the situation first mm -hmm. before we go into the biblical text, right? But basically, in summary, um, when I got out of prison, uh, as you know, I was in prison for six years, and here's the thing that happens with, I think everybody gets out of prison, is because you feel like your life was on pause. So you get out of prison and you want to, you just want to catch up, you know, you, you, you want to, everything you missed in those six years, like you, you want it now, you want it fast, you know. And there's a saying in prison is that a lot of the guys say, man, the first thing that smiles at you, you're going to fall in love because you're so used to just being around a bunch of dudes, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I, I fell for it, you know, I, I was in prison for six years, I got out. Um, met somebody. A lot of you guys don't even know this, unless you've read my book, then then you do know this. Met somebody, and within a year, I was married. And a week later, started House of Rest Church. And um, the whole thing was, she was a new believer, said she wanted to serve God. Um, but here's the thing, I was already serving the Lord for the whole time, all six years, I was already um, a graduate at Christian Leadership University. I was already, I came out or an ordained pastor, not with Grace International, but with another covering, but I was still an ordained pastor. And I started the church a week later, right? So over time, well, not that much time, pretty much right away, boom, bumping of heads and, and clashing started to happen. She was a new believer, but in all honesty, I think I wanted to believe that um, her hesitations were just because she was a new believer, but in actuality, her heart wasn't there. I think her, her I think she was trying maybe because of me. Yeah, because but, she, yeah, but she, you can't serve God for somebody else. You got to do it for yourself Yeah, because eventually... It, it won't last, you know, and um, started the church and um, and tried building from there. But within a year, you started to see the cracks. You started to see things fall apart. And basically, guys, in summary, it came down to this, right, is that she said, I don't want this life of ministry. I don't want this, you know, and that's fine. Not everybody does. Not everybody can handle it, to be honest with you, you know. And um, and at that time, you know, because honestly, you always got to choose your spouse over ministry because that should be your first ministry. Mm -hmm. And even though I knew God called me to preach, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Um, I tried to do the right thing. And I said, basically, I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll stop pastoring. I'll stop pastoring, you know? I mean, if that's what it takes, you know? And um, and remember, she was honest. She says, 
No, because you'll resent me if you do that. Which she's probably right, you know, because if the fire is in you, it's in you. It's not going to go away. The, like in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, it says, The fire was in my bones and I couldn't hold it back. Here's the problem, though, is when, when I said, I'm willing to stop pastoring. I'll just live a regular Christian life, you know. I said, we'll just live a regular Christian life. We'll find a church to go to and, hey, you know. <clears throat> and she says, no, you don't understand. I don't even want you to serve God. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't go there. I can't do that. So now you got to understand, not only am I a Christian because the Lord hates divorce, but I'm a pastor. There's a whole congregation of people and I didn't know what to do, guys. I didn't know what to do. And it goes back to the situation because the question was, how do I go forward in Christ, if my, if my, he said, if my wife, hello, Pastor uh, David, Sharon, I have a question I hope you can answer. How can I keep moving forward in the path of God when your wife does not support your walk? That is my question. Thank you. Here's the thing, right, on, on my part, is I believe as a Christian, it was my duty to try to hold things together, to try, you know, because the Lord hates divorce. The Lord, you know, and this, so this question here, I believe I'm answering this not out of opinion, but out of my own life. And this passage is exactly what ministered to me because I didn't know what to do. I really didn't, babe. I'm like, how do I fix this? How do I remedy this? What's going to happen here? You know, I had, babe, I had held my testimony all the six years in, in prison. And then the whole time I was out, like my testimony, I tell people, guard your testimony. Guard, don't I do that? Yeah, absolutely. And this was going to be a huge crack in my testimony. I'm like, what did I do? God, what did I do? I would cry out to the Lord. I don't know what to do. I don't know if you're going to change your heart. I don't know if I'm just going to be in misery because... It, it was to the point, guys, where, I mean, <laughs> it was just straight misery. All the way to driving to the church, and then this, then she'd put on this huge smile for everybody, and I'm just like, oh, she must be in a good mood. And then as soon as I locked the door and got in the car, boom, all over again, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. So the person that wrote this email, I don't know if he's asking out of his own personal situation, but he says, how can I go forward? with the wife that doesn't support me. So I think there's a lot of women too that say, how can I, I want to serve God. God has put so many things in my life. God is blessing me. He's showing me visions of what he wants me to do. But how can I do this with this unsupportive husband? So there, there's, there's a few different, there's a few different circumstances. You know, um, you have the, a circumstance where you know, um, walks can be a few different things. Mm -hmm. Walks can, uh, my walk, you know, in ministry, my walk in, in, in my belief in God, you know, it, cause we, we don't know exactly what this person can be saying. Mm -hmm. 
because you have um, people who are so involved in ministry who want to be out there mm. in ministry so much and constantly want to be out there, you know, um, involved in ministry, going to this and going to yeah, that I'm, event I'm and really, doing all of that. I'm really glad you're bringing that point so, up. So, you know, I, I, I have to bring it up because... In other words, overdoing it. Yeah, cause, because you have, you have some spouses who are so involved, so involved in church stuff, in ministry stuff, and you have the spouse, whether it be male or female, you know, whether it be a husband or wife, who um, are, are sitting back watching the other spouse just constantly, constantly involved in ministry, involved in ministry, involved in ministry, and you have the spouse from the outside looking and they're just like, you do have a home, mm. you know, um, you're constantly only at church, at church, involved in ministry, ministry, ministry. And you, you know, and you say, well, how come you don't come to church with me? How come you don't, you don't, you don't get involved and how come you don't do this and how come you don't do that? And your, your expectations yeah. are wanting too much from that spouse when you don't realize that what you're asking is a little too much because you don't realize the, the much that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because you don't see it, you're not, you're not looking at what everybody else is looking because you don't realize that it's too much. Yeah. And, um, because you don't see it and you're not, you're never going to see it because you don't realize that it's, um, you're just not going to see it. And, you know, and the thing is, is that if we're not putting our family as our first ministry, you're never really, you're never really going to see it because we're not, I'll tell you why. Because when the Lord has, um, when the Lord has truly, truly done something tremendous and amazing in our lives, um, man, we just want to, it's our place of refuge. And I've been there. It's our place of refuge. And we, we just feel it's our safe place. And we just feel like, man, God has done so much for me. And, and I can relate to that because that was me. Um, it was my, my safe place. I felt like I always wanted to be doing ministry um, because of what the Lord had did in my life. He had, and I just felt like, man, God has done so much in my life that I just always wanted to be doing ministry and I can never say no anymore. And I just felt like, you know, I, I it was just, that was just my life, yeah. you know? And um, when people would say like, you know, do you want to do this? Yes, I want to, because I just, I was just so forever grateful for what God had did mm -hmm. in my life that I just had to give it all. Yeah. I had to give everything over 120, 150% of me because of what God had did in my life. And, and if it meant sacrificing everything, my kids, time, my time, everything, because I always had to go above and beyond, not realizing that I was sacrificing my kids' time my family time and everything because it was just, I just didn't know 
Um, I just didn't realize it, guys. And what happened is that when I was doing that, I didn't realize that my kids were becoming resentful and that I was hurting my kids because my kids were now starting to hate the fact that mom is just giving so much time to the church and mm. they're now being hurt towards the church and they're feeling this hurt. They're, they're being church hurt now and they did not like it anymore. And they were just mm. like feeling hurt towards me now. Yeah. And they were building up all these feelings. And now as adults, I realize it now because now my children have opened up towards me and told me all the hurt that they felt towards it now. So, so what you're saying, just kind of summarizing is if you're serving God and your spouse does not, that's one thing, but some people serve God and go overboard and leave their spouse out of it. Yes. So then their spouse automatically gets resentful yes. and then they start to hate God not even because they hate God, but because of the actions that you're just doing way too much. Because yeah. I, I know a lot of people that, well, I've known a handful of people that are like, they're they're so quick to minister to the brothers. They, they will help a brother do this, help a brother do that, do this, do that. But for the wife, they do nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, they're, and, and I imagine the wife is sitting there like, seriously? Like, why can't you do that for me? Yeah. I used yeah. to give, I used to guys... I used to, it was so much to the point where I used to go above and beyond and give finances, so much of the finances, my finances, because, you know, oh, we have to pledge here. We have to pledge this, pledge that, pledge that. Yeah. And a lot of my finances would go towards so many things. And when my kids needed something, um, you know, it would get harder and harder and harder towards, you know, um, a necessity yeah. towards my children. And, you know, and, and I, I learned because, man, I realized, David, I realized, uh, you know, that my kids were getting resentful towards mm -hmm. certain things. And I think that even now, as pastors now, that's why I take heed with some of the things that, that you know, that's why I realize now the religious the religious mind that i was so involved in mm -hmm. in my past the religious um the religious stuff that i came out of yeah and i i'm just like never again lord and and never again would i would i allow my mind to ever be think religious again or to allow myself to ever allow my heart to become religious like that you know yeah. Yeah. So, so those, those are the kind of things. So we gotta, I think that's why it's, we gotta be careful with the way when the question is, um, to support that walk, because we really, we got to look at it in, in every perspective mm -hmm. and we got to, cause we don't know exactly to support what walk he's, mm -hmm. he might be saying. So we got to, I guess, address this in, in a few different scenarios, I yeah. guess you might say. Yeah. Another thing, too, that happens, and we haven't, guys, we're going to get into the scripture. I know you're saying, like, well, where's, you're giving a whole bunch of opinion. Where's the Bible at? We're going to get to that. I promise. Yeah. But we just wanted to get these few things out there is one of the things I do want to say is the fact of um, we got to make sure, guys, 
that just because let's say you're the one that 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 hurt the marriage but now you're the one that got saved miraculously saved the door the lord the lord did an amazing work in your life he took out your heart of stone put it in a heart of flesh he truly changed you like all that stuff that was you god changed he gave you a new life but all of a sudden, from one day to the next, you expect your wife or your husband to all of a sudden forgive everything that you've done for the last 10 years. It doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. you know. And, or you're going to shove the Bible down their throat, even though you're the one that hurt them. It's, so it's easy for you to, to live a Christian life. But you, you basically made this person bitter, and you expect them just to jump for joy and just jump on board and do this Christian thing. And so a lot of times, guys, you got to quit preaching to them and just start living it out. Live out your Christian life because it took you 10 years to ruin it. It ain't going to get fixed in 10 minutes. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take them just watching you, you know? So maybe maybe they have a lot of resent towards you. All of a sudden, you're Mr. Church guy or Mrs. Church person. You're every Sunday, you're like, you got to come to church. You got to come to church. What if they don't want to? So again, that person could say, how do I, you know, deal with my unbelieving spouse? Well, you ain't even giving them a chance. Yeah. You know, God did a work in you and now God wants to do a work in them and, and God knows how to reach them. Maybe it's not the same way God reached you, you know, and that's another thing to keep in mind also. Yeah. I think another thing too, that, um, you know, this it's so crazy that we even seen um this question because yesterday you and i were driving home and um and we 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 happen to be talking about you know finding common commonalities yeah in in relationships and and it's crazy because we we were talking about this yesterday and um and him and i were talking about it and i said you know you know it's so important that when there's relationships or when there's marriages or when there's friendships and all of that, it's so important that we find a commonality. Um, it's something that we, we do together so that we can encourage one another and find strengths together to do things together. Um, you know, when, when you're in ministry, it's important that we, we find something that we do together those are strengths, you know, I love doing ministry with my husband. That's, that's something that we love to do together, you know? Um, and man, sometimes you guys see that we're burning, we're burning the candle in the midnight hour together, you know, but we're doing it together. Um, and we do it for the glory of God, man. And sometimes it's, it's, not sometimes it's all the time but the the thing is is that we do it together yeah and if there's something that you find that you can do together yeah with your husband or your wife um trust me you have to find a common a commonality mm-hmm. that you can do together and and do it often there has to be something that brought you together that you have to do more often that you can encourage one another to do together that will bring 
strength together that will just somehow lock you guys in together. And, and that's important because if you find that one thing that you have in common and do it more often, trust me, that's, that's going to bring a bond and it's going to bond you guys together and, and it's going to strengthen you guys together. And, and, it, and, and if you guys continue to do that more repetitively and consistently and do it in Christ, man, I'll tell you that that is going to join you guys. And that those things are important, you know? Yeah. It, it really, truly is. Yeah. But um, let's but, get... Let, oh, sorry. But let's say you are serving God. You're not being over obnoxious about it. God has really done a work in you. You really are not pushing it pushing your spouse and forcing that you really are, you minister to them in a way that you, let's say all that is right, but your spouse still does not support your walk. Now we're going to get into what the Bible says. And to be honest with you, this is where I found my answer um, as to what I was going to do in my situation. Because not only was I a Christian, I was a pastor, and I had this wife that did not want me to minister or serve God. You know, and um, I didn't know what to do, guys. I'm just like, I guess, God, you hate divorce, so I'm just going to live in misery for the rest of my life. I mean, I don't know what to do. Anyways, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, okay, um, I'm not sure how far I'm going to read down. We'll just, I'll just go, and then you'll okay. read it. I believe it's 10 to 16, so six verses, I believe. It says this, um, now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. So Paul's like, this ain't my, my opinion. This is what the Lord says. A wife is not to depart from her husband. Uh-oh. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she's willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he's willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. Verse 15. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Okay, David reads out of the New King James, and I'll be reading out of the message. And if you, and if you are married, stay married. This is the master's command, not mine. If a wife should leave her husband, she must either remain single or else come back and make things right with him. And a husband has no right to get rid of his wife. For the rest of you who are in mixed marriages, Christian married to non-Christian, we have no explicit command from the master. So this is what you must do. If you are a man with a wife who is not a believer, 
but who still wants to live with you? Hold on to her. If you are a woman with a husband who is not a believer, but he wants to live with you, hold on to him. The unbeliever husband shares to an extent in the holiness of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is likewise touched by the holiness of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be left out, as it is. They also, they also are included in the spiritual purpose of God. On the other hand, if the unbelieving spouse walks out, you've got to let him or her go. God has called us to make the best of it. No, you, you skipped that one, babe. Where? Right there, where it says you don't have. Oh, you don't have to hold on desperately. God has called us to make the best of it as peacefully as we can. Mm. Keep, Keep going. going. Yeah. You never know, wife. The way you have, the way you handle this might bring your husband not only back to you, but to God. You never know, husband, the way you handle this might bring your wife not only back to you, but to God. Wow. So here is your answer. And, and I do want to come back right now and just kind of talk a little bit of the bullet points of this. But here it is very plain, yeah. very clearly. First, he's talking to married people that are both Christian and they got married as Christians. And he's basically saying, you cannot break this marriage. But that's why then he goes, but to those that married a non-believer, or, you know, basically one became a believer, one is not. If that non-believing spouse is Wants willing, to go. no, if, at or first, they want to stay, if they're willing to stay, let them stay, let them stay, because you don't know if your walk will bring them to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You don't know. My mom got saved when I was five, and my dad continued to be an alcoholic. He continued to just live a sinful life. But my mom held on and held on and held on. And three years later, my dad got saved. You know, so my mom wasn't like, well, I'm saved now. You're not. So out of here. Yeah. No, she held on. And because of her walk in her life, what happened? My dad eventually got saved. Yeah. You know, um, but it says here, um, where is it at? Uh, I like where it says here. So if, if that person is willing to stay with you, then then just let it be so, you know? So in the same way, right? So then it says here um, in verse 15, guys, and this is where I was at. Can you bring it up on the um, message here? It's, it's 15. It's probably all bunched together, huh? It says, if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. Um where is it at? Oh, on yeah. the other hand, if the unbelieving spouse walks out, you've got to let him or her go. So this right here, right? So what happened was the wife I had says, I want to divorce you. And I said this, because of this, I said, listen, I'm not going to file for divorce. I'm just going to believe in whatever God says. But she filed. What does it say? Well, you just left it again. <laughs> If the unbelieving spouse walks out, you've got to let him or her go. You don't have to hold on desperately. God has called us to make the best of it as, as peacefully as we can. And that is what I did, guys. You know, that is exactly what I did. I'm like, Lord, this is in your hands. 
You know, I can't control, you can't control somebody else. All you can control is you. I'm just like, Lord, I'm going to hold my testimony intact to the best of my ability, you know? And basically she filed for divorce. You did though. You, 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 you told her you had wanted to hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I even sought out two Christian counselors that because I was a pastor, they said, you know what? All, all, all fees are waived. Yeah. Because I was a pastor. So these are like these were like professional marriage Christian counselors. And um after like twice with one, she's like, I don't want to go back there. It's a man, so he's biased. So I found a woman. And after two sessions, no, nah, I don't want to go there no more. You know what? I want a divorce. And you know what? I'm like, Lord, I'm conflicted here. What am I do? Do I just quit pastoring? Do I just I'm a failure. What am I? You know what I mean? And, I, and for a long time, I, I actually talking about today's sermon about dysfunction, yeah. that really messed me up because I'm just like, I just disqualified myself. She filed for divorce. She divorced me, you know, and it takes six months for divorce to go through the whole time, guys. I'm just like, Lord, if you're going to reconcile this, this is the six month window, because once you get that letter with that stamp, it's done. You know, so for six months, I stayed in prayer because I didn't want to overstep God. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, sometimes where God, like it says here, be still and know that I'm God. I'm just like, this is a moment for me to be still, you know, and it was during that time where Bobo, my son, moved in with me. He was only 12 at the time, moved in with me. We were best friends. Thank God, because he needed me as a dad and I needed him as a son, man, because that was really hard to go through. And um, and I would just. The divorce went through, I got the paperwork, and me and my son were just doing our thing. You know, we're doing our thing. He's going to school, and I'm um, pastoring the church. The The church understood. Why? Because they saw my integrity. Mm -hmm. They saw me. They didn't see me a, a week later throwing selfies up and doing this, just acting crazy and acting silly, you know what I mean, and blaming God and blaming the world and all mad. This, I continued to serve God. You know, and um, like two years later, this amazing woman came into my life. <laughs> you know, honestly, when I met Sharon, I was sure that God was disappointed in me. I lost the building. The building we're in now, that's the building I had with that wife. And I lost it. I couldn't keep the lease. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't pay it. It was just an empty shell. I just had literally a, 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 a portable stage and chairs and speakers like a PA system. That was it. There was no nice little wooden cross or none of that, right? Lost the building, ended up preaching in a karate school on Sundays. I, I At the time, I couldn't see none of my kids. I'm just like, for sure, Lord, you hate me now. And that messed me up talking about dysfunction, you know? So all of a sudden, I get my son. All of a sudden, you know... Um, no, not all of a sudden, but over time, I get my son, and then I actually start looking into buildings, and the church stayed intact. The congregation, they instead of them leaving, because that's, that's what happens when a scandal happens, but you know what? The church saw my walk. They saw my integrity. They saw my character, that I just continued forward, that I was just raising my son, doing the things of God. You know, and when they should have ran in the world, no, that they rallied around me. They rallied around me, and then Sharon comes along. And that's when I started realizing, Lord, you don't 
hate me. You aren't disappointed in me. I'm not a failure, you know, and, and God started to restore my life, you know, but I didn't hurry things. I didn't go outside of this scripture. It straight up says if an unbelieving spouse wants to leave, let them leave, you know, but if you you can't you have to you have to hold on to your testimony because I am in no way giving anyone a license here to leave your husband or leave your spouse because they're not a believer. You know, I'm saying this is you do you, you walk your walk with God, you keep your head straight, you know, you you keep your integrity, you keep your character, continue to be a great example to your spouse and to your children and to those that are around you. You don't know, like it says, you don't know if you will not bring that person to the Lord. Yes. You know, you fight for that marriage. You fight for it, not obnoxiously. Because here's the thing, you can't force your spouse to serve God. Only God can change the heart of a man or a woman. Only God can do that. That's right. My mom didn't bring you know force my dad it was what god did in the heart of my dad because of the prayers of his wife absolutely you know and um but sometimes guys i was praying you know and it still went the way it went but my god look at look at this woman next to me you know lady oh my god ladies you know I, you know, for, for you women, it's the same thing. You know, you, you have to stay focused on, on the Lord. I know a lot of the times we, we tend to think that we want to hurry, not just hurry, but we tend to think that we want to put on these, um, put on these pants and we want to, we want to start, um, walking into the house and start thinking that we want to um we want to start putting on the pants you know and we got to be careful with that you know we want to uh we want to start walking high and mighty in the home and um and we want to start downgrading and start you know making the man feel a little less sometimes and we got to be very careful with that too um it's you know it's not the the right way to handle things either, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, a, a man can lose a job, or, or you know, or or go be going through some things, you know, or they may not be in the, you know, they may not be going through, you know, they may be going through some hard times or something, you know, and and we might may be going through. Um, we may be going through a good season in our lives, you know, or something, but it doesn't give us uh, the right to, to discourage them in any way. You know, the best way to encourage them is by also by leading by example and, um, and by us staying focused on the Lord and, um, and just, you know, staying focused on, on God and praying you know, a lot of the times we sometimes even praying in silence is, is a good thing to do. Um, and just leading, being that wife and being that woman, keeping ten, tending to ourselves, you know, because if, if we tend to ourselves and keep ourselves right and, and stay focused and, and love ourselves, love our love our home, 
um, and and do do what's right for ourselves. Um, trust me, they'll they'll take notice to that, and and they'll do good. They'll do good um, for themselves as well, mm -hmm. and they'll want to do good for themselves. Trust me, it's really really important that that we do that because it'll it'll bring encouragement to that man. Um, yeah it's really really important to never be condescending to or to anybody whether it be the man the children or anybody um you know keep serving the lord keep focused on mm. him keep for focused on uh, on the lord he'll take care of everything else everything will fall into place i promise you it will whether it be you know the the husband or the wife just stay focused on the lord everything will fall into place it has to you know his promises never come back void they never do if you are single watching this um when if you seek out somebody if you're a, a sold out christian for jesus and you seek somebody that is not serving god um you're setting yourself up for a lot of heartbreak yeah. a lot of heartbreak a lot of rejection I'm not saying they'll never come to the Lord, but you're going to have an uphill battle and you better be ready for a lot of tears. Seriously, you know, and. Um, well, it goes back to what we were saying yeah. yesterday, though. Um, I, I will I will give you one piece of advice for sure, though. Definitely seek out somebody who has a heart for what you love to do. It, it, it really does go back to it. Um, you know, if if you love to. If you love to minister in music or if you love to go out and, and feed the homeless or if you love to um, if you love to go strong in ministry, find somebody who loves to go strong in ministry. Really, um, if you really, really, really love to do something specific, find somebody who loves to do that with you. Like, really, I'm being really serious. Because if you don't have somebody who's equally yoked in what it is that you yeah. love to do, then you're constantly going to be clashing. I'm going to be really, really completely honest. One of the reasons why David and I, I'll be really, really honest. One of the reasons why David and I don't clash a lot uh, and a lot of things and a lot of people be like, man, you guys, you guys are like, you know, perfect for one another. You want to know why we're so attached at the hip and why we never like complain about stuff or anything is because we kind of like doing a lot of the same things. Well, we complain. No, but we're I'm, not robots, but yeah. Yeah, I, but, but like we don't mind. It would be a lot worse if we yeah. weren't like minded. But, yeah. But, yeah, but like we don't mind, like we don't mind being at the church like all the time. Like we don't mind. When it comes to doing the things for the Lord, we will do it gladly without, without complaining. Like, I'm like, like, let's go, let's do it. Like if we needed to, you know, go to LA right now because we needed to go deliver something, we'd be like, all right, let's go. Let's fill it up. Let's go. You know, it is what it is yeah. because that's, that's what it's about. Find somebody who's like-minded, who has the heart that you have after God's heart. Find that. Yeah. Because if somebody does not have the heart that you have or doesn't have the vision that you have or the calling, then 
it's going to be really, really hard. Yeah, it's an uphill battle. You know, um, this is advice I heard, and I've always repeated it ever since. I don't know where I heard it. Um, years ago from a pastor, maybe on YouTube or something. But anyways, it goes like this. Um, somebody might say, somebody that's single might say, how do I know? I, I, I met this guy or met this girl, and how do I know if it's from God or not? Really simple. There's, I'm going to take all the guesswork out of it. Yeah, pulling it from him. Do they bring you closer to God mm -hmm. or further? Simple. Yep. If they bring you closer to the Lord, it's from God. If they pull you away from God, it is not of God. Right there, bam. So and I think that's anybody. That's friends. That's oh, anybody yeah. that surrounds your life. Anybody yeah. that's within your environment. Coworkers. Coworkers. Anybody. Yeah. If, if all of a sudden, if you have coworkers that all of a sudden you're talking worldly more than you really do around anybody else, or you're laughing at stuff you wouldn't laugh in front of other people, then they're pulling you away from God. So maybe that's company you shouldn't keep, you know, because um, what's that verse about bad company corrupts good character, something yeah, like that? Yeah. Some You guys get what I'm saying. So if you're single, guys, be careful because there's a lot of heartbreak. And uh, if you are married to an unbeliever, guys, take heed to what the scripture is saying. Take heed to the advice we're giving because I personally lived through this. And um, it was a lot of heartbreak, guys. And um, But you know what? God has new mercies every single day. God is going to see you through. If you, if you go through this with a clear conscience of your heart, not obnoxiously, but just serving God, you know, either you're going to bring that person and, and you're going to be a living example or they're going to keep it moving, you know, but you don't get mad at God. This is this is one of my pet peeves. I know we're already at 53 minutes, but I'm going to share with you a pet peeve is when two people are serving God and all of a sudden this person wants to leave. Now this person gets mad at God. Yeah. And they quit serving the Lord. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What does God have to do with it? I, I get you're hurt by this person. I get you're even mad at this person. But what did God do to you? Yeah. You know, and that's a huge pet peeve because, um, again, I could have got bitter at God. I could have got mad at God. But you know what? What did God, why is it his fault? You know, so were you serving God because you served God or were you serving God to please your spouse? Because obviously if the spouse is gone, now you ain't serving God. What does that say about where your heart was in the first place? Or the or the things that people get mad at, petty stuff, you know. You got to pick and choose your battles as well, guys. You got to pick and choose your battles. You know, um, David mentioned, you know, that um, that with his with his uh, last wife that he he was in this building before, you know, and... Um, and I'm in this building now, you know, if, if my, if my mentality was like, you know, gosh, really, I can't believe I'm in the same building, you know, da, 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 you know, and I'd be bitter about it or something. No, praise God that I'm there because guess what? I'm there. You know what? And I praise God for that because I get to be the one that gets to be there and make change and i'm there the lord placed me there for a purpose and sometimes we got to change our perspective and things you know yeah I'm... and 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 that's important because we don't let things in life 
make us bitter about stuff and we can't we we got to change our perspective in so many in so many ways and we can't let things in life um make us bitter about so many things so change your perspective and pick and choose your battles in so many things man because god has purpose for so many reasons he purposed me for a specific reason and you know what i praise god for this opportunity I'm not going to sit there and hold on to things of the past. And man, because this is a new day. This is a new day that the mm -hmm. Lord has made. And you know what? Thank God. You know? Yeah. Last thing I want to say is this. According to that building, it's funny because for the longest time, I remember getting that building the first time. And so when I lost the building, I'm like, God, this doesn't make sense. Because I feel it in my heart that you want this building to be house of rest. Why am I losing it? You know, so for the longest time, I thought I heard him wrong. And it's not that I heard him wrong. That that, that building was meant to be dream? the house of remember, rest. Remember you had that dream, though? Yeah. About the double doors? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it never made sense. And I used to pass by that building. For five years, we were one block away. So every time we left the other church, you know, once Sharon was in the picture, I had a drive to get to the ramp. I had to pass by that building. And it was somebody else or somebody else, some glass, auto glass place or whatever. <laughs> and I had to see that building every Sunday for five years. And every time I'm like, this doesn't make sense, God, because I truly believe that that was meant to be house of rest. You know, so I think that Sharon shouldn't feel bitter because I was there, you know, with the previous marriage. And I never did. I love the fact that Sharon says, you know why you lost it? Because I was meant to be here to open it with you. And I you. told him that. I you told know? him that, and I was the one that went to talk to the owner, and I was the one that told him, you know what, um, yeah, um, my husband was here at this building, and you know what, he lost it many years ago. And I had he, to break the, 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 the He had to break lease. the lease. He had to break the lease, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but things were different then. But can we talk about it now? And he's like, and I go, because things are different now. I'm here now. And after he's like, well, yeah, he goes, let's talk. And he was we, about to meet somebody the next day. Yeah, and he was. And after I went with, with David to go meet him, and after I said, you know, we, we're doing really good now. And I said, we got a bigger congregation because we only had 20 people back then. And I said, you know, we have, a, we have some really good families now, and I'd like to sit down and, you know, see what we can talk about. And he met with us guys, and he gave us the keys, and we put a down payment, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, but look at us. Here we are, and now we have all of you guys, and we're you, 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 all you, of you, 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 you. We have an amazing family, and we're just really, really blessed. And now you guys are stuck with me. So. So guys, we gave you fit. We gave you a whole hour because we missed Thursday. We missed Friday. We apologize. Friday. We don't do nothing Friday. Yeah, we do Monday through Friday. Oh. So we, like we gave right? you a whole hour of a devotional. I, I think this is a really good subject. I think this subject is going through a lot of your minds. And I'm glad this person asked because I have a feeling this is going to really minister to a lot of people out there. If you have a question, ask it, ask it at relevantbibletalk at gmail.com. Send that question over. Boom. Sauce like that. And, um, that's pretty much it, guys. So God bless you. Have a great Bye. day. Love you guys. By now, you probably drank two cups of coffee. Yes, café con leche. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.